Well, good morning. I think it's a good morning for most of us for one person. I don't know. It might be good news. It might be bad news. But a little birdie told me. I don't want to name drop anything, but um, she's named after a city, kind of, sort of. There's a city that has spelled a little differently. Her name backwards is Salad. So that I'll just say that much. If that gives it away, she has come up to me several times and says, please, I need you to help me out. My grandpa's birthday is today, and everybody must know about it. Dwight Pryor, happy birthday. Congratulations, you've made it to the 50s. You look great, all is well, and we just want to wish you a, a very happy birthday. And that comes from, well, again, I don't want to give any names away, Dallas, but um, we're glad that we can celebrate and embarrass you just a little bit this morning. You know, in Luke chapter 15, some of you may immediately think, oh, I know what's in Luke 15. It's the parable of the lost son. Well, it's also the parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep. And in that very first parable, we have the sheep who is lost. And, and one thing I don't know that we think a whole lot about of is the fact that there's the one that's lost, but there's also the 99 that's there. And the responsibility of the shepherd is to know his sheep. Uh, and and the last several years have been difficult for a lot of reasons, but because we weren't able to meet and we've had people who's kind of slowly rejoined, it's been hard to keep a good count of the 99 who are here. Uh, and and when we can identify those 99, that helps us to see okay who's missing. For those of you who've been like me, who, who spent time uh, working in a daycare, it's a head count that is mandatory, it's necessary, otherwise you might lose somebody. And so today we're going to reinitiate our kind of head counting program, and that's where we have these little black booklets where you can sign your name. Now it may not be cool to sign your name and you say only the cool people are doing it and I'm cool, uh, so you should be doing this. And again, let me explain why this is so important. Um, as we talked about several weeks ago on a Wednesday night, it is just we are not, our brains are not physically wired to be able to, to manage hundreds of relationships. There is just a hardware capacity that prevents us from doing that. And so we just really need your help. If we have a sheep that is lost, we want to go and make sure that they are okay. But the only way that we can do that is if we can figure out who's here and who's not. Uh, and so if you would just take a few moments and sign this booklet, it would really help us out a lot. We'll know you're here. Again, this, is not, this does not get faxed to heaven. This doesn't go in and say, okay... You know, Ray and Jean are here, they're good, they're checked off for the day. This is so we can make sure that the people who aren't here, we can say, okay, let's go find out if they're doing okay and how we can help them. So if you are a member, please just take a second, fill it out, and then pass it along. Gracie, have you sent it along down the aisle? That was That's your job now. You've signed it. She's going to have to make the walk of shame. She's going to send it down to John and Paula so they can put your name. If you're not a member, if you're a visitor, if you wouldn't mind, if you would just fill out one of these little green cards at the front, that we're not going to spam you with a bunch of stuff. We just want to get to know you a little bit better so you can fill that out. There's some uh, baskets on these tables. You can place them in there. If you're not sure who you are, 
if you're a member or a visitor say i've been here for a while but i don't really know what i am we would love to have a conversation with you um, it means more than just being in a directory which by the way we are working on as well so yes you don't have an ink pen um, there's McCoy over there right with his blood just I'll get you I'll get you something sharp and you can poke him Amy so um, yes I apologize if we don't have pins in some of those but go ahead and put your information down and if you're not sure where you fit in all of that that would be a great time for us to have that conversation and say hey we would love for you to be a part of this family let's talk about what that really means um, now we're gonna transition on into our our sermon portion and this is gonna be Probably a little different than what we normally do. Um, we have spent thousands of years um, celebrating both the, the birth of Jesus and the death of Jesus. And, and what's interesting about this is that when we celebrate Christmas, we come together and, and we don't really know when Jesus was born. We don't have a good idea. We're not even certain of the season. We have a an idea but but not really that specific when it comes to the death burial and resurrection of Jesus we can pinpoint it with a great deal of accuracy and we are coming up on we, we are just a, a few years away from the 2000th anniversary of the Passion Week and the Passion Week is and should be a very reverent, somber time in which we look back on the last days of Jesus. And this morning, we're going to focus in on the last hours of Jesus. And this is a story you have heard many, many times before. This morning, I want you to hear this story. I want you to listen to this story as if it has been printed in our newspaper and it has come off and thrown on your doorstep and you're reading this for the first time. I don't want you to hear this as a believer, as a follower, as a fan, as someone who has seen and heard and read about this story over and over again. I want you to completely try to take everything away. And even though most of this material is very familiar to you i want you to try to listen to it as though you're hearing it for the first time i want you to think about how a man was betrayed and he was uh, accused and he was convicted and he might have been innocent and yet the trial is going to get sped through, a mob is going to be involved, and a great, great, great injustice is going to take place. But don't hear it like you've heard it so many times before. I just want you to hear it for the first time. And as you're hearing it, I want you to be thinking about, if you were reading this today, what are some thoughts that you have? There's so many layers, there's so many things that are taking place with this story. I just want you to listen and say, what is going on here? And then at the end, we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to talk about, what do you really think about this? Now, there's one really, really big point I want to get to. 
But honest to goodness, we just don't have time to cover it in our 20-ish minutes of the sermon. So I'm going to ask you, and I do this a lot, but this is one of those times where I really think what we're really going to talk about, the, the really big takeaway that I want to talk about, we just don't have time to do it until we get to class. And so it's, we're going to kind of cut it off a little bit. This is not a ploy to get you to stay longer. We don't have a Sunday class drive where we're trying to up our numbers. I just, I don't want to spend 40 minutes talking to you and then you lose it all. Uh, and then we have a break. So we're just going to cover this material. I want you to hear this again for the first time. And I want you to think about, as someone who is reading this in a newspaper, what's really going on here. The passage we're going to be looking at comes from Luke chapter 27. You can open up your Bibles, but I'll tell you, you're going to have a tough time following along, mainly because I've melded several different translations from Luke into this. And so it's going to be on the screen behind me, and you can just follow along with me if you like. You can close your eyes. I just want you to imagine yourself being here, immerse yourself in this scene, and and uh Barry, if you don't mind, if you will lower the lights, I have my light here, and the rest of you, you can read behind me and just listen as we go along with this passage. The entire council took Jesus over to Pilate, the governor. They began accusing him. This man has been misleading our people by telling them not to pay their taxes to the Roman government and by claiming that he is our Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked them, are you their Messiah, their king? Yes, Jesus replied, it is as you say. Then Pilate turned to the chief priest and to the mob and said, so that isn't a crime. But then they became desperate. But he's causing riots against the government everywhere he goes, all over Judea, from Galilee to Jerusalem. Is he a Galilean? Pilate asked. When they told him yes, Pilate said to take him to King Herod, for Galilee was under Herod's jurisdiction. And Herod happened to be in Jerusalem at that time. Herod was delighted. At the opportunity to see Jesus, for he had heard a lot about him and, and had been hoping to see him perform a miracle. He asked Jesus question after question, but there was no reply. Meanwhile, the chief priests and the other religious leaders stood there shouting their accusations. Now Herod and his soldiers began mocking and ridiculing Jesus. And putting a kingly robe on him, they sent him back to Pilate. In the past, Pilate and Herod had always been enemies. But on this day, they became friends. Then Pilate called together the chief priest and the Jewish leaders along with the people and announced this verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt against the Roman government. I have examined him thoroughly on this point and find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So after I punish him, I will let him go free. 
Now, every year at the Passover feast, Pilate had to release one prisoner to the people. But now a mighty roar rose from the crowd as with one voice they shouted, Kill him and release Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for starting an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with them for he wanted to release Jesus. But they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Once more, for a third time, he demanded, why, what crime has he committed? I have found no reason to sentence him to death. I will therefore have him whipped and I'm going to let him go. But they shouted louder and louder for Jesus' death. And their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they had demanded. And he released Barabbas, the man in prison for insurrection and murder, at their request. But he delivered Jesus over to them to do with as they would. As the crowd led Jesus away to his death, Simon of Cyrene, who was just coming into Jerusalem from the country, was forced to follow, carrying Jesus' cross. Great crowds trailed along behind, and many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are coming when women who have no children will be counted fortunate indeed. People will beg the mountains to fall on them and crush them and the hills to bury them. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other criminals were led out to be executed with him at a place called the Skull. There all three were crucified, Jesus on the center cross and the two criminals on either side. Jesus said, Father, forgive these people, for they don't know what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for the, his clothing, throwing dice for each piece. The crowd watched. And the Jewish leaders laughed and scoffed he was so good at helping others they said let's see him save himself if he really is God's chosen one the Messiah the soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine and they called to him if you're the king of the Jews save yourself a sign was nailed to the cross above him with these words this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals on a cross began to shout insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Then save yourselves and us. But the other criminal protested. Don't you even fear God when you're dying? We deserve to die for our evil deeds, but this man hasn't done one thing wrong. Then he said to him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. By now it was noon and darkness fell across the whole land for three hours until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone. Suddenly the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Then Jesus shouted, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. With those words, he breathed his last. And he died. He died. Jesus is dead. What do you think about that? You set down the newspaper? Do you call someone? You won't believe what I just read in the paper today. Look at what our government did. Look what our religious leaders did. Can you imagine that? A, a group of angry pastors from town got together, made a bunch of lies about taxes not being paid, and how this, this guy who's been traveling around, he should die? If you're reading that, what do you think? We're going to get a commentary in a few minutes during our class. We're going to extend this on. And somebody's going to have something really interesting to say about Jesus and who he was. And I'm just absolutely shocked by it. I've read this story. I bet you I've read it a thousand times. And I've never noticed something that is about to be said. And it just, it just drives me crazy. I really want to know what's going on. But... But before we get there, I want to ask you, what if you read that paper? What if you were there? What if you witnessed this? Maybe you're not Simon who was forced to carry the cross. Maybe you're not one of the, the grieving women. Maybe you're not one of the criminals to either side of Jesus. But what if you're just there, a spectator, you're watching, you see what's happening. And you have to think, what are your thoughts? What really happened? Who is this guy? Is he really innocent? Why is he hated? Why does he love? If I were to write this script, it would be written very differently. The end would be very different. It wouldn't benefit me or you or the rest of us, but it would involve... It would involve a story of revenge. But I just really wonder, who really is this man? And I think the biggest question that I have is, what really just happened here? Why did it happen? You know, we've had 
our whole lives and documents and gospels and sermons and Sunday school classes where we've been able to talk over and over again about this moment. But I just want you to think about what really happened and what would be your response as you saw all this take place. The accusations, the mob, Pilate and Herod, their enemies, their friends. And Pilate finally just says, look, I... I'm too afraid for my own life, so I'm going to give you his. For Barabbas, who walks away. For the soldiers gambling. For the criminal scoffing. And the other criminal asking for mercy. What really just happened? Someone at that scene got a glimpse of something really special that most people missed. And he's going to make a statement that is just, if you hadn't really thought about it, it is just completely changes, at least for me, how I see the death of Jesus. And then it makes me wonder, how should I see the crucifixion? How do I imagine my life? And what do I do when injustice and evil and hatred are all around me? Where is God? And how do I see Him? And so we're going to discuss that later on this morning. If you are visiting here with us, we want to thank you so much for joining us as we will remember and in some ways celebrate this week in which Jesus continually sacrificed himself for each one of us. It's the Passion Week. It's going to lead to the darkest day in history which then will be followed later on by the greatest event in all of humanity. But before we celebrate an empty tomb, I want us to think about the Son of God hanging on the cross and what that means for us. Please continue to be in prayer and contemplate that and join us this morning as we stand and sing our song of invitation.